Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode. Today we are chatting to Kay Reynoldson. Kay is the director and founder of Sustain Health Recruitment and I loved chatting to her. I just want to preface this by saying that there are some sound and internet challenges throughout this. It was too good to not bring it to you. Kay is amazing and I love the work that she does. So I definitely will have her back on the podcast, but good old Australian internet let us down on this day. But the content is still fabulous. So please enjoy. Hello and welcome to this episode of High Performance Nursing. It's lovely to have you here with us today. Today, we've got a really special guest. We have a non-clinician, but we allow everybody here in high-performance nursing. Everyone is welcome. We're very inclusive. We have Kay Reynoldson, who is a recruiter. She's actually the founder of Sustain Health Recruitment and the current director. Sustain Health Recruitment is a multi-award winning recruitment business here in Australia, which was launched in 2017. And I believe you work across all disciplines, but today we're going to be talking about nursing. And you may recognize that Kay has a UK accent like myself. So we are sticking banding together despite being across in sunny Australia. Welcome, Kay, to the podcast. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Lovely introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do try. It's so funny when you have to introduce (laughs) other people. Like, oh my God, I don't want to get it wrong. Oh my God, like, wrapping somebody's life up in like 30 seconds. But thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited about the different perspective that we're going to get on the podcast today with that real main focus on looking at what does recruitment look like within the healthcare space in Australia? Um, And what does that mean for our high performance nurses that are listening? So before we dive into all of the juicy topics, um, why don't you tell us in your words, Jenna, about Sustain Health and, and how you got to this point? Yeah, well, thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to be here. I guess for me, when I first arrived in Australia, my story was like many other Brits overseas. I decided that I wanted to live here pretty much immediately. And a way, a route for me to do that was to use my degree from the UK and transfer it into of the recruitment space. So when I first arrived, I started with a company um, recruiting nurses into regional Victoria. So that has been what I guess my passion from the very beginning when I started working in recruitment. And I don't know how much anybody listening knows about working in regional Victoria. It's beautiful, but mm. it's also a high demand area. And it's an area that not every nurse would naturally be attracted to. So I really, if you like, learned a lot about what was needed for nurses in those regional and remote areas, but also what the nurses were really looking for and stayed with that company and built out the different areas of of that recruitment business. And I left that company as branch manager after five and a half years and decided, look, there's something else that we could be doing in recruitment. There's something different. Mm -hmm. And launching Sustain Health really meaning my vision and values to life around recruiting with people at the center of that. So Mm. not focusing on 
the bottom line and the profit, but really putting people at the heart of what we do, um, which is where our tagline comes from, recruitment with heart. And our mission is to enrich people's lives. So that's the end user, the patient, also our nurses Mm. and our staff members, because without our people and the passion that they have to deliver the best service in Australia and to connect well-being and health professionals to sometimes remote communities, sometimes metropolitan communities, then there is no sustained health. So we really took a different angle on being values-driven versus Mm. profit and bottom line-driven. I love that. And that's one of the things that I guess when we connected, I really kind of felt that through sustained health and through working with your team and getting to know UK is that you do really feel like you are a person like that sounds funny, but you're a person that's in part of a process rather than just a bum on a seat, you know, which I've experienced in the past and it's not overly pleasant. And often you don't end up in the right role either because it's just, uh, you know, there's a gap. Oh, here's a CV. We'll, We'll throw you into that. So true. And I know that there's different kinds of recruitment in healthcare and what we try and focus on is, okay, are we delivering a temp to a service? Are we delivering a fixed term worker to a service? Are we delivering a perm recruit to a service? All of those delivery methods are people. So they should be valued as such. So it's not about fastest finger first or click to send resume or we have to get to know the nurse um, or the healthcare professional, but we're focusing on high performance nursing. So And nursing is where I began and is my true passion. And to be honest, the reason that I took the role initially with the company that I joined when I came to Australia was because my family are nurses. So I've got Mm. carers, nurses in my blood. And I've seen how hard that profession works and what a vocation it is. So for me Mm. then to transfer the skills into matching the right nurse to the right area, to the right service, to the right job was just a pleasure for me. And I think that's the thing I want my team to believe it's a privilege and a pleasure to deliver these services to Australians and to nurses. And I think they do. I really do because it's built into our culture that we deliver recruitment with heart. That's so important. And, you know, for the nurses listening that work in organizations across the country that say, oh, you know, I comply with the organizational values. Like it's one thing to you know, just be able to name the values, but it's another thing to actually be able to walk them, talk them every day, day in, day out. There's a reason why they're there. Sometimes hospitals could do a little bit better in that area, but it just goes to show that when you have a central vision and values that everybody can kind of buy into, just the positive impact that you can have from that. Yeah. And the thing that we're finding is that that impacts then on the delivery of the work that our nurses do. So, you know, we integrate them and we induct them into the culture of sustained health, especially if they're a temporary worker, because essentially they're they're our worker, they're representing our brand. But at the same time, it could be a permanent or fixed term recruit. We want them to show up to that interview fully prepared, fully ready, fully understanding that they've got our support, you know, fully trained into that interview process. So it's about having people at the center of the process and our people being trained well enough to deliver that information to the nurses and to the client Um, because Mm. there's nothing worse than working with a recruiter, especially if you're going for an interview and not being prepared or not feeling prepared because that's part of the service. 
Absolutely. And I think across all industries with the last year, two years that we've gone through, I'd be curious to hear your feedback and your insights about this. But I think people are looking for something different from workplaces now. And even nurses, I think, are looking for something that we maybe before haven't even considered, you know, because we're so used to working by the bedside. But we've got, you know, burnout fatigue without being a Debbie Downer. But we have burnout fatigue, you know, currently plaguing our workforce across Australia with, you know, by 2030, a deficit of nearly 100,000 nurses. You know, what do you think nurses are looking for at the moment? So I think the landscape has changed as you have experienced yourself, Liam, and the climate is different now. Um, It's slightly different in that we're living through a global pandemic. So the climate's different and we're living through a global pandemic. And I think the demand for healthcare professionals is much aware of but it has created new opportunities for nurses, as you mentioned, to work perhaps non-clinically, but also to work perhaps clinically, but in a different setting. So you mentioned it doesn't always have to be at the bedside. And that's true now. You know, there's a lot more telehealth services. There are lots more, um, I guess, testing and pathology kinds of roles that are coming up that need professionals like nurses to support in those areas. Um, There's also digital health, which is a huge new space that need clinicians who are looking for non-clinical settings um, and non-clinical delivery roles. So absolutely, there are new ways to think about work, but not to mention just the new opportunities that are coming up in healthcare for nurses. It's also amazing, and I think we were saying this just before we got onto recording, what you do is really open nurses' eyes mm-hmm. to opportunities that are outside of their profession or perhaps a side hustle or a business venture or looking at their transferable skills differently and how can they use them in different areas of their world because the great thing about nursing is you're always in demand and mm-hmm. you're always going to have a role at the bedside but what else does that look like for you? What are your values? What are your passions? How can you actually use these skills, which are incredible in different areas? And you, I think with the high performance nursing podcast, open people's eyes to that. I'm in awe of the the opportunity because it's a long overdue conversation that nurses just haven't been having. No, Perhaps I, they're thinking, but I don't hear it articulated. I, first of all, thank you. I got goosebumps here. I was like, oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> I just feel like, you're on the money. Nurses, have, we are such a diversely talented community of people that have multiple passions. And the system currently doesn't allow us, you know, almost doesn't allow us, it almost restricts us to just those kind of clinical facing roles. And it almost seems like, you know, it's the select few that can, you know, set up a business or, you know, set up a staffing agency or go into recruitment or, you know, create a podcast or an education platform. But the reality is, you know, anybody can do those things. It's just that we haven't been having the conversation and we're just not exposed to the differences in, you know, the business world versus the nursing world. But I guess what we bring to that is subject matter expertise. And the beauty of 2021 and the world that we live in is that you can have people doing stuff for you, you know, in the Philippines, you can have people working for you, you know, across in the UK. 
people can be working with you across the world whilst you deliver a product, a business, a service from here in Australia. It's just such a great opportunity for nurses to step into something new and challenging that is just like beyond their wildest dreams because I could not have imagined if you said to me, Liam, you know, in 10 years' time, you'll be a nurse that runs a small business and had a podcast, I'd be like, ah, whatever, you're funny. But you know, by stepping into my own values and pushing my own boundaries, and like Elena, Mallory, Happy Nurse, and all the other amazing nurses in this community, we were able to do that. You know, The world's your oyster, isn't it? Absolutely. And I have seen, I would say in the last sort of three or four years when we're talking to nurses, that nursepreneurship, if you like, starting to emerge and questions that we get asked now, we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been asked five years ago, even, you know, Mm. maybe even three or four years ago, but it's starting to change that the world, because of circumstance sometimes and also because of the opportunities and the platforms that people like yourself and Elena are creating can see that there are so many more ways to work the connections are different like we've mentioned the digital health space for nurses is huge the telehealth space the the kind of clinical kind of testing space all of this is new opportunity and what's great about nurses are able to do is they can put together a work schedule often that works for them so you know, shift work and maybe part-time work and then picking up other opportunities on the side. I mean, I know travel nursing is not something that we should probably get too excited about for the next year or so, but there's a whole opportunity of travel nursing within Australia, maybe not so much globally, but the demand in rural and remote Australia is still huge. So Mm. it's just about framing things in a different way, right? Mm. And thinking, okay, what else can I do? What else can I be? Definitely. And giving yourself the opportunity, you know, just taking that little risk, that little micro step to just, you know, reach out to a company like sustain, like you guys just sustain health and saying, Hey, like, what are my options? And just having that conversation, you know, there's, you're not locked in, you can just explore it. And that little spark of curiosity is sometimes just takes you on such an interesting path. Well, it always does. And before you know it, you're maybe sitting in Alice Springs, you know, doing a rural remote placement and, and doing something that you never thought you would do. Exactly. And I think the beauty of Australia is that it's so diverse and so unique in the different areas of the country that you could visit and work. And what's great about what we've set up at Sustain Health is we've got um, specialist consultants for each area. So, for example, if you were a nurse calling and saying, right, okay, I'm thinking of rural and remote we would ask you, okay, so where are your top three locations? And if they say, right, Northern Territory, we can put you straight in touch with the Northern Territory desks Mm. and they will specialise in that area. And we have somebody who focuses on temp and somebody who focuses on more permanent opportunities in those spaces. So we're really becoming um, specialist in the different geographical areas of Australia so that we can deliver a better service to the nurse. Because in the past, it was kind of, you know, there's a rural and remote part of our business. We looked at it and said, okay, the feedback that we're getting from nurses is, well, what's rural and remote Australia? It's it's huge. (laughs) Um, And working in rural and remote New South Wales, for example, would be completely different to the information you'd need if you were going out back in the Kimberley in WA, for example. Mm. So it's really just about 
making sure we can deliver the best tailored service recruitment solution, not just to the candidate, but to the client and therefore the patient gets the best clinician. Mm -hmm. So it's really, like we said, about enriching lives and making the working day better for a nurse as well and giving them the tools to be successful in an area that's regional or remote, if that's an option. But as Mm -hmm. you say, there's so many more ways you can nurse now or perhaps nurse part-time. Exactly. doesn't have to be full-time. Doesn't have to be. That's the beauty of our work. I'm curious because a lot of nurses will say, or in a lot of interviews that I've been in, I've sometimes had this come up where a manager will say, well, they don't say it directly to my face, but they might ask me later, do you know, Liam, you've moved around a bit, like you've done a few different roles. Does that really matter when you're applying for a job? Like when you're coming to sustain health, does that matter? Is that going to be a disadvantage? Because a lot of people think that it is. And my experience has been very different. So I think it's such a good question that you ask. And I think there is a general perception that if as a human, let's not just say as a nurse, you have been in multiple roles on your resume, then that means that perhaps there's something not right with you as the job seeker. When actually the way that we interview candidates is we say, okay, so your tenure in X role or X role has been this and this. Tell me your story. Because it's not necessarily that clinician or nurse, you know, didn't want to stay in that role or that role was not right for them. Often we see uh, temporary contracts. We see people going away to take a break to parent. We see study breaks. We see, you know, people who've done contracts and then don't have to work for six months and can come back Mm. to nursing and look for a permanent role. So the way that I try and then understand the story is, okay, what were the triggers that maybe led to perhaps moving on from this role or taking the part-time work or doing the shift work? And then we build up that profile to really talk to the client about the Mm -hmm. reasons behind why that person perhaps hasn't stayed in full-time work for 10 years. And I think what is great about the clients that we engage with is they're willing to listen to those conversations and those stories, but also I think long gone now are the days where a nurse Mm. stays with one place, also one employer, one health service for 20 years. You know, Mm. the opportunities that we're talking about today are that you can be so many different versions of a nurse in so many different ways that that has to reflect on your resume. So I think as long as you can articulate your story behind your decision making on your resume, then, and you've got a good recruiter behind you, or perhaps Mm. you're not working with a recruiter and you just are going for your interview and you're telling your story, you know, on about your resume in that interview, just be open, be honest and be mm. realistic about the reasons why you may have or, or take opportunities. Often we find that nurses have never really left the service. So for example, they may have been working for a health board for 10 years and they're still picking up part-time shifts or casual work, but they don't really include it. So it, the story's not always that they have moved on and never worked for X amount of time. Yeah, Um, You just have to take the time to understand that. And I think that's a really interesting point because when I work with a lot of nurses, the trouble that we kind of tend to have is that we kind of get a little bit stuck in our personal branding. Like we get a little bit stuck in our story and our storytelling and selling and marketing our unique skill set. So how can nurses kind of optimize? Because you obviously see a lot of resumes, you see a lot of nursing candidates come through Sustain Health. 
What are some of the themes that maybe you've picked up on over the years and how can nurses you know, really make sure that they're marketing and telling their unique story? Because it amazes me every time when somebody just says that dreaded line, like, I'm just a nurse and I've got 10 years oh. experience in ICU and that's me. And I'm like, okay, so tell me about X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden they did a bachelor's of pharmacy. I'm like, that's amazing. That is a huge selling point for you. You need to play on this. Um, so what can nurses do? So I would say there's a few things that spring to mind that I have seen shift in again over the last two years. There's been a shift how nurses are branded presenting themselves, which is a pleasure to see. So I'll, I'll walk you through some ideas. But mm. I think the first thing to say is it's that imposter syndrome, isn't it? It's that mm-hmm. I'm just a nurse or yeah. yeah, it's really that the language that we use around who we are, what we do, how we've grown as people in our careers. And that's really important to call it out because especially in the profession that you come Mm -hmm. from as a nurse, nobody's just a nurse. Mm -hmm. I said this to you before, like you guys are angels on earth. Mm -hmm. I spent some time in the hospital system the back end of last year and I couldn't have been better looked after. Like there's so much you can tell and sell about yourself just from the things you do day to day, but Mm because it's so routine, you don't Mm -hmm. think, it's a story to tell, right? Especially yep. when you're branding yourself. Absolutely. Um, so what would I suggest? I would suggest digital platforming is really, really important at the moment. So one thing that was always um, a barrier for nurses and for recruiters in the past is not being online, perhaps having a LinkedIn platform. I strongly recommend that you join the LinkedIn community. It's becoming a huge growth area for, for healthcare professionals. You will be able to find employers there. You'll be able to find recruiters there. And it's a place that is, you know, healthcare is a business to some Mm. extent and you are important. You should be on there. And building out a really skillful profile. The great thing about LinkedIn is that it brings you through the how to design your profile step by step. So it's not as scary as you might think when you first mm. go, okay, I'm going to join this platform and it's not really clinical and how do I go about it? But I mean, you've got a LinkedIn page mm. and it's amazing. So do you agree that it's kind of simple Absolutely. once you get going? Yeah, it's yeah. so easy to jump on there. And I love that you bring that up as your first point, because I was kind of hoping you would bring <laughs> that up because nurses need to get on there. You know, the, the opportunities are endless. And in fact, so much so that if I'm looking for a job or looking for a role, I'm on LinkedIn jobs. I'm not anywhere else. You know, I'm looking at recruitment websites. I'm not looking at Seek or you know, any of those platforms at the moment. I'm looking through the main platform because there's just millions of people on there globally. And the it's just actually lovely as well for a recruiter to reach out through LinkedIn because whether or not you take that opportunity or you're not in a place to take it, whatever, or you go ahead with it, it's just nice to have some validation that somebody you know, likes your profile. They think that you'd be suitable for a role. It's just a lovely thing to receive in your inbox gives you a little boost you know it gives you a little lift up yeah and it almost if you get your profile right it can be quite a passive experience for you as a potential candidate because as you mentioned people like myself and my team Mm. we're on there we're looking for you we want to connect you with employers we want to learn about your story we want to look at your resume like we you know that can be the passive experience 
The other experience can be you building a community around you on LinkedIn of like-minded people and really curating your newsfeed to healthcare professionals, hospital services in the global community, perhaps even the business community that you're interested in. And if I was going to give you any, well, the community, the high-performance nursing community, any tips on how to easily build more of an active profile on LinkedIn, it would be a marketing method that we use at Sustain Health or we do when we do our career clinics and our CV coaching clinics, we talk to our nurses about, okay, there's a method called PVC and it's mm. really simple. I don't know. Have you heard of PVC? I haven't heard before? of it. No, I'm loving this. <laughs> okay. So Monday, Friday, we talk about, okay, you should be doing five active posts on LinkedIn mm. and that can be you pulling together what we call one personal post per week two valuable posts to your community. So what can you share that's valuable within the nursing community Mm. and two credible posts? So what makes you credible? What makes you a great clinical professional? What makes you, Liam, a great nursing coach? So we talk about, okay, if you want to start conversations and really get people engaging with your profile on less of a passive, in in less of a passive way, we talk about, okay, let's talk about PVC, one personal post, two valuable Mm. posts and two credible posts a week you will start to see people engaging in conversation with you. You'll start to see opinion coming through. You'll be um, ranked higher in your SSI score, which Mm. is basically a social selling indicator on LinkedIn, which is a quick link you can click on that will just teach, you know, tell you how well your profile is ranking among other healthcare professionals. So I'm getting a bit technical, but it sounds technical, but it's really simple. It's Mm. easy and you will bring people to you um, if you do, if you take simple steps branding yourself and then Mm. when we talk about your story well it doesn't have Mm. to be complicated Mm. I would look at your skills and your experience and start there because you know what you do every day is really special and it's about putting that into words right it's about putting that into words and that like that unique story is just so so important I think we've gone beyond the days of like cliche um resumes that need to take a box like I think the time is now for applicants to have like innovative, you know, creative resumes, like to a point. I would love to see us using more modern templates and being a bit more accepting. I know from being a recruiting manager in the hospital that still, you know, if somebody's got a bit of color, color. somebody's like, oh, I don't know about that. Can't, like the color doesn't matter. It's the content, but I would love to see people's personality on the page rather than just a plain, you know, CV that's just, you know, Times New Roman. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not acceptable. No yeah. Times New Roman. Okay. And look, we can definitely no. And no, um, is it Comic Sans? That's a that's definitely not my go-to font. What I would say is like sustain health recruitment, like it's a free service to candidates. So if you would like us to look at your resume, give you some feedback, our CV clinic is open like we want to have these conversations with you we don't just want to speak to people because we want to place them we need to build up a network of great talent and to do that we have to be able to give something back right so we want to give back valuable and credible feedback to our nurses because Mm. you deserve it and the service is designed for you yeah yeah i love that that's so good that's such an awesome um point and branding is so important. So if you're listening, think about how you can brand yourself and how you can market yourself because it is a marketplace and it's highly competitive. Yeah. Even though there are lots of jobs and we are kind of 
you know, there's a surplus of jobs and, you know, there's not enough nurses. What do you think nurses can like, you know, what does an ideal nursing candidate look like when they come to you? I know this is a difficult question because different roles require different things, but if somebody's approaching a recruiter, what should they kind of prepare for and what does that look like? So first of all, I think be prepared to tell your story. So we will ask you questions about your resume. So a good resume or a good basis of a resume needs to be there, which would include things like how long you've been nursing, any qualifications you've got, how long you've been at your employer for or your past employers. But try and keep that to one or two pages. I mean, I've seen resumes that are like 10 and 20 pages and we work with that candidate to surmise them because mm. nobody, I mean, as a nurse manager who was hiring, you don't have the physical capacity, the time to actually read through all of that content. And it's a shame. So we need to just condense it. Absolutely. I think, yeah. Yeah. So I would say um, the basis of a resume that we can support you with tweaking if we need to, but also say, be ready to answer questions around your most important thing. So we talk about at sustained health, what are the three most important things? So it could be, okay, I need to work Monday to Friday. Okay. Why? Oh, well, because I have childcare. Okay, great. Have you thought about the impact of the times that you work? Do you need it to be seven till four? Do you need it? So like we really Mm. dig deep into those layers to understand if you're the right match for the client, if there's any particular issues that we might need to know in advance or perhaps things we need to talk to our client Mm. about. So this candidate's really excited to come for an interview. However, they need X, Y, and Z as part of the role that they'll be taking on. Is that a possibility? Because if it isn't, then we probably don't want to match that candidate to you. So we can really dig deep in advance to be able to cut out any challenges we might face with the client in the long run. So that's one way to look at it. So be prepared to come and have um, a really honest conversation. That's really important. And tell us if you've struggled, tell us if you've had wins, tell us if you've done something really fantastic, tell us if you're studying, like we need to know all about Mm. you. This is your time to tell us everything and it was help you create that into a synopsis, I guess an elevator pitch for when Mm. you go to those meetings and go to those interviews, because not only will it help us match you, but it'll help us build your interview skills and your confidence in going for those meetings. It's all in the branding, isn't it? You know, it's all it's all in the branding. It's all getting to know yourself as the nurse. You know, remove that identity that we all take on. Yeah. Like I'm the nurse that is here to do a good job because I love my patients, which is lovely. But there's so much more to yeah. you as an individual. And I love that you guys really draw that out because it's so important, like you say, for your CV writing and for your interview. Because again, we don't want to hear 10 cliche interviews in a row. We want somebody to stand out and you stand out by being authentically yourself. And I think one thing that is really hard, and I've heard you speak about this ongoing from your own journey and from the journey of the high performance mm. nurses that you're coaching, it's learning like you, and you're ever changing. Like it's not like today I value this, like your values at your core tend from my experience in speaking to this, they tend to be the same, right? You value Mm. what you value and that might tweet between here and there, but your values are strong in who you are as a person. So it's then tapping into what for me at work and that's hard to say because what you might want might not translate Mm. all the time and Mm. what you are doing might not exactly match what your values are. So it's really hard. And I think what we're seeing, and it is something that is happening slowly but surely in healthcare, is employers, health services 
they are starting to really try and live their values more. They are trying to improve culture. They are trying to think about the workforce and burnout and things like you've mentioned on your podcast before, bullying and things that are unacceptable behaviours. They're trying, I think, and have been trying and, and will hopefully continue to try to kind of really work through some of these entrenched, should we call them issues? I guess you've mm. worked in the system, so you mm. probably know what I'm talking about. But, you know, we hear common things from our nurses around, you know, things like bullying or things like workplace burnout and I am hearing clients say we want to address this. And that's lovely to hear. It's so good that people are making that shift because it's long overdue. And, you know, there are amazing employers out there that are really great and do value the staff. And often it comes down to who your direct line manager is. If If they can make the environment, you know, safer, a positive working experience where it's a bit flexible to an extent, then that makes all the difference. And I think I did want to ask you, because I know that you've got a really high performing team at Sustain Health. And one of my passions is workplace culture and safety and leadership. So I'm intrigued because your team are all lovely. Um, the guys that I've met and, and liaised with, I do have a little snoop on your LinkedIn and see what's happening and see that everybody's really engaged. So how do you develop that culture? Do you know, Because we have nurse managers, nurse leaders, senior nurses that are listening What do you think goes into building a really strong team culture? Such a good question. And it's something over the last four years that I have really learned. It's been a journey for me because the way that maybe I've thought about building my team has evolved. And I think the main thing that has driven our culture is having principles and values. So we have 12 guiding principles that we all are inducted into when we come to work at Sustain Health. And it starts at the top. So if I'm not adhering to those principles, then my team will not adhere to those principles Mm -hmm. and they won't buy into that. So that to me is there's no hierarchy when it comes to delivering on our principles. Those 12 principles are set in stone Mm -hmm. and we all call it out, right? So if you don't see that principle in action, it's like, okay, well, you know, one of our principles is being open and honest. If we are having a meeting and we don't feel like somebody's bringing to the table that honesty, we'll say, okay, but you know, one of our guiding principles is open and honesty. We want you to have a space to tell us how you feel. If you don't feel like doing it in this forum is where you want to do it, then let's have a conversation privately, but just know that we want that open and honesty and you'll never be judged for it. So it's really like making sure we don't just have these principles stuck mm-hmm. on the wall. We are brave enough to have those conversations and make people feel safe. And it's our values. So we really have, you know, our four workplace values that we don't change, we don't shift, we all live and breathe them. And again, it starts at the top and it's it, there's no hierarchy when it comes to delivering our values. And then we know our mission. So it's mm-hmm. really like starting with the why, right? The why is we want to enrich people's lives. How are we going to do that? We're going to deliver recruitment with heart. Okay, if we're going to deliver recruitment with heart, what are the principles of that? So it is like working backwards from the why, but once you have that buy-in from the team and we all live and breathe the values and the principles versus just looking at them and reading them and seeing them as something that we need to have because Mm. that's what businesses should have, (laughs) then, (laughs) you know, it makes a big difference. And then Mm. you see a difference in how people show up to work and you can trust each other. I think that's amazing. And I wanted to ask, you know, obviously you've been operational now for you know, a few years, four or five years, four years. 
you just celebrated a birthday, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, congratulations. We just had Happy our birthday. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but Jenna, I think it's worth noting, and you mentioned it there, is that evolution, that evolution of the business. And for you know, nursing leaders or anybody that's listening that's in a position of leadership and management to recognize that it doesn't happen overnight. You know, yes, we're talking about a recruitment oh, business, yeah. but the same rule applies to running a ward or managing a team of five nurses on a night shift. You know, if you don't embody the value, the four junior nurses that you're working with are not going to embody the values and they're going to make your life hell probably during that shift and not comply with, you know, what you need them to do. So I think there's a lot in there that will speak to nursing managers and leaders because it does. Start, I love when you say that it starts at the top, it starts at the top. Look, it really has to. And don't get me wrong. I've over the four years that I've been running the business and I've gotten it wrong like, and I might get it wrong again. And my team and I will keep working through anything that we need to. But the great thing is I'm not scared of making a mistake because we're in it together and yeah. the principles and the values bring us all back to the same page. They can call me out the way that I can call them out. So it's a really safe environment to build trust and build your culture from because if you don't live and breathe it and start from the top, who's going to drive it? Who's going to bring it to life? Who's going to own it and be accountable? Because that's the other thing about building a really safe and I guess positive high performance workplace culture in my experiences, it's about ownership. Because when you have those values and principles, then you own your role and you deliver on your role and you take pride in it. Yeah, such good insights there for anybody that's listening around building culture and what you can do as a leader in the workplace, you know, go back to your organizational values and have a look at them and get the team to think about, you know, what they need and realign. Because sometimes it's all it takes and creates a forum for people to just start chatting to remove some of that group think and start having independent kind of creative teamwork and collaboration so that you can really, you know, I don't know, marry up the values with the service that we provide. I love that. It's so awesome. Congratulations, because that's hard work. It really is. But do you know what? To anybody listening who is in a position of leadership, it is so worth it because you gain confidence as a leader, but your team learn and to believe in each other and I think it speaks to exactly what you said the creativity that comes out of being values driven and culture driven is incredible because the ideas that come from our team are just brilliant because they feel like they can share and Safe. yeah I think you could imply um, you could apply that to the nursing the leadership structures I think I mean I know you guys are bound by certain rules and regulations, as you mentioned mm. a lot in your podcasts, you know, you have to be able to cannulate, you know, there's certain factual and specific <laughs> yep. scientific things don't get creative with the cannula. No. But <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, there's a lot that you can do around delivering care yeah. and, and maybe integrating with patients, families, doctors, like, yeah. I love that. Hey, let's wrap up because I'm conscious of your time. and I'm super grateful for you sharing your precious time with us. But there's just been so oh, much pleasure. in this podcast. I can't wait to listen back and, <laughs> and uh, work through it and take note of some of those LinkedIn strategies. But I wanted to kind of yes. wrap up with a couple of just kind of short questions. I say short, but you know, I, I like to ask lots of questions. In terms of someone, a nurse, let's say there's a nurse that's really interested in working in recruitment, 
because that's a potential career avenue for nurses. What does that look like? How do they explore that? So I think um, we've had feedback from different sources that employing nurses in that service would be a really great thing. And I think, well, we already have two nurses that have moved here from Ireland that decided that they didn't want to continue working in a nursing career. One was a nurse midwife, one is a nurse. And so they've transitioned into our team and the insight that they can give our candidates is fantastic. So if you were looking to get into recruitment, having been a nurse or a clinician, I would be happy or one of my team would be more than happy to have a conversation about how that would look. We're always recruiting, as I know other recruitment companies would be, especially Mm -hmm. for trained um, professionals with that user experience, you know, clinical knowledge. But I think just think about the differences. It it wouldn't be your bedside clinical work. You'd be looking at it being usually sort of office-based at the moment, remote-based, but you would be looking at career coaching for people from your profession. So I think it would be really rewarding, Mm -hmm. a really rewarding career. It's just a very, it's more of a desk career than it is, you know, working clinically but Mm. again the transferable skills into recruitment we've seen it work it works in our team there you go if you're listening it's a great potential career avenue to know that's non-clinical it's what we're about is making sure that people know all of their options right we don't want to take the whole workforce out of the clinical world but you know that will speak to some people that really would love that opportunity the final kind of question was, what does he- like health recruitment look like for sustained health moving forward? Like, what are some of the kind of key areas that are really growing that you're, I'm really excited about? Yeah, so I think we mentioned the digital space and the telehealth space is coming um, a huge growth area in the healthcare um, sector. I know that the age care sector is our newest division that we've launched in the middle of the demand for senior nurses in the aged care sector and advice and governance roles in that space with people with a clinical background is also growing and I would definitely say that the investment in the Royal Commission and everything that's out of the aged care Royal Commission is a space that we're going to see growth for, for all healthcare professionals, including nurses. And then I know that the newest, I guess, addition to the health and wellbeing space, the NDIS that is mm-hmm. ever evolving and is changing and the the needs and the demands are ever changing in that space. There is more need for people from a nursing profession, from a clinical background to work in advisory roles, support roles, maybe not necessarily bedside and working in uh, advisory or governance capacity. So I can definitely tell you that they're sort of the three growth areas that I would suggest for Mm. for, for nurses and for the healthcare professionals. Yeah, it's super exciting. It's always evolving. And I guess as nurses, I always say that we're masters of change, really, as much as we all hate it (laughs) without knowing it. You know, we're flexible, adaptable. Look at COVID-19. We've all had to level up, step up and and just adapt and and flex in different ways that we haven't done in the past. So many, so many good opportunities for nurses moving forward in lots of different areas. Uh, Just to challenge that old school thinking that you need to stay by the bedside. And I think you should, I've, I know we've said this a few times in the podcast, you should be so proud of the work that you do in, in advocating for all the high performance nurses out there because it's just a service that is just 
incredible to hear. It starts conversations. We're seeing the landscape of healthcare change and you're a part of that. So that's mm. amazing. Congratulations very to you. Exciting. Thank you. That is lovely. Thank you. I always like to ask this question as we wrap up and it's what, what do you need to keep relearning as you know, a recruiter, as a human, as a business owner, what do you need to keep relearning? That is an amazing question. And I think for me, it's always about tuning in. So it's about tuning into, okay, am I showing up today? How am I showing up today? Because if I'm not showing up in X way or Y way, then what does that mean for my team? What does that mean for my health? What does that mean for my mental health? So I always think about, okay, how am I tuned in today? So, mm-hmm. and that is a constant thing that I think I have to keep learning because how I felt yesterday isn't how I feel today, how I'm going to feel tomorrow isn't, isn't the same. So I guess it comes back to, again, tuning into those core values because they tend to be constant, right? But am I tuned in? That's my learning always. That's so good. Do the inner work, people. Do the work. Yeah. It's so important, so valuable. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find Sustain Health? How can they get in touch? Absolute pleasure. Um, So you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. It's Kay Reynoldson. You'll find me on that platform. I'd be happy to help anybody who is looking to learn more. Um, also our website is Sustain Health um, so it's sustainhr.com.au and then you'll also find us on LinkedIn Sustain Health Recruitment and on Facebook Sustain Health Recruitment and we've just launched our Instagram so find us on there as well Love it I'll drop all of the links into the show notes Kay thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure Thank you so much Liam If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode please take a wee minute to leave a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. If you are ready to start taking action in your career and you need some support, why wait? Come and join my private Facebook community. The link is in the show notes below. Within the community, we take what we discuss in this podcast and we put it into action. Currently, I am looking for nurses who are ready to stop playing small and invest in themselves to create the life and the career they want to live. If that sounds like you, then please get in touch. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay forever curious, my nursing friends.